All right. Well, good morning, church. There you go. Y'all, wake up. Wake up. Uh, the more response I get, the faster we'll get through this, okay? Um, I'm Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the pastor at Connection Millen. Uh, man, it's hard to believe it's been six years since we planted a church in Millen. Amen. Man, it's been, it's been, a, ra- it's been a crazy... Uh, there, and there's probably there's more people um, on the front two rows right here than there are in our entire church right now. So um, it's summertime, and Millen, we all go to the lake during the summer. I don't know what y'all do, but uh, half our church is gone. But uh, do what? Y'all go to work. Okay. Well, we, we... All right. All right. I'm going to work then, Pastor. I'm going to go on and hit it. Uh, but, uh, you know, as going through this series, it's, it's a privilege to be here and be able to preach, uh, especially something that's, that's dear to my heart. As Brandon was asking all of us to, to preach, uh, if there was one thing that we felt that if the church would embrace or that we as individuals would embrace that would change the church, that would change the kingdom of God and where we live, uh, what would it be? And, man, I've wrestled with that, trying to come up with one thing. But as I begin to think about it and God began to stir in my heart, the one thing that has transformed me is what I would hope that would transform you, and that's prayer. As, as me beginning to follow the Lord and, and, and really not having anyone to lead me or to guide me all that much, what kept me close to the cross and what kept me from, from falling away was, was my, my prayer life, is me praying, me seeking the Lord. And, and you know, I think one of the greatest things that, that we as believers, the gift that God has given us is the ability to, to talk to him, to have that fellowship with him, to have that communication with the Father. I'll tell you what, church, if, if, I, if I had not had prayer, I would not be here this morning. Being able to talk to God and be able to hear from God has been one of the greatest blessings of my life, to be able to hear and communicate to the Father. And when, when the world told me I was wrong, God was telling me I was right. When, when people around me was not approving of me, I could go to the Lord and God says, I approve of you. When I didn't feel like I was loved by anyone, I could come to the Father and he would speak to me and say, you are highly favored and dearly loved. And if it had not been for that communication who knows where I will be this morning? But prayer church is the communication with God. And, and I, child, I, I, I didn't know if I need to bring this up or not, but you know what? God needs to get glory. But what we saw this past week with Roe versus Wade getting overturned, that is something that has been being prayed for and prayed about pro-life for, for generations. And now God has answered that prayer. Amen? Amen. That's something to celebrate. God answering the prayers of many people. Sometimes we see that, we're like, oh, well, that's good. We need to realize that that didn't happen unless God's people were praying. See, something we need to understand in our Christian life is nothing changes unless God's people praise. Nothing changes in your life unless you seek the Lord and you pray. But it's something in the the church that Satan has lied to us about, making us think that we only pray when we're in trouble. We only pray when we need help. It's like prayer is the SOS, not, not just our life-giving source. And I think that as we realize that, as we realize that I need God more in my daily life, I need to seek the Lord and let God change me through prayer. You know, one thing as a pastor I've realized is, is prayer is the most insignificant thing that we hold in our walk with the Lord. We... If we had a prayer meeting, if, to, if this morning, if y'all knew there would be no worship, 
If y'all knew that there would be no preaching, we were just going to come and we were going to pray. How many of y'all would have got out of bed and came to church this morning? All right, we got, we got three or four good people. I'm thankful. We have four people in here. Amen. But the reality is a lot of times, oh, I, we don't think prayer is just for us. But Jesus, God sent Jesus, his only son, to come and die on a cruel cross to pay our sin debt and our penalty, to make us right before God so that you and I could have communication with God. Amen? If the cross is not just so you could get out of hell. The cross is so you can have communication with the Father. That's the goodness of the gospel. Amen, church? We should be excited that we have a good God that loves us enough to provide a way for you and I to have communication with him. And let's take advantage of those things. Any, any of y'all have a, a cell phone that don't work real, right, real good? I, I keep one. I destroy one. This is the only way that people have to get in touch with me. My wife is always angry because when she tries to call me, she, she can't get me. Why do you even have that? Why do you even have that? I wonder how many times, I'm think, thankful that I'm not God. Because I was God and I was up there and I'm trying to get in touch with you and you won't pick up. I would be like, why did they even offer that? line of communication. Church, we need to value prayer and value prayer in a way that it transforms our life. We need to realize that, that guys, we have a purpose. All of us in this room have a purpose. We have a mission to accomplish, and we can't accomplish those things if we're not listening to our commander, if we're not being led by God, led by the Spirit of God. You won't know what to do or what God has in store for you or what your next step is if you're not seeking the Lord. And I think we do. We may seek the Lord for a season. We may, we may ask God like uh, real quick, you know, Lord, give me wisdom today. But we don't think about it no more the rest of the day. We need to realize that God, God sent Jesus to help us. You know, as I think about Jesus, think about him being the, the example Jesus went alone to be with God. All through, the, all through the, the Gospels, you read how Jesus went and he went and he was a, got along with the Lord. Like, they made a point to write that in the Gospel so that you and I could read that the Savior made prayer a priority. And Jesus went to, alone to be with God. And he was not only our Savior, but he's also our example. Amen, church? He's our example of what it looks like to live a godly life, what it looks like to, to follow after God. I'm reminded in 1 John, it says that if we, want to, if we want to be the people God's called us to be, then we must walk as Jesus walked, which means that you and I should model our life after the way Christ lived. If we are Christian, the whole term Christian means Christ-likeness. And so we need to model our lives after how Christ modeled his. We need to walk in the way that Jesus walked, and that means that we need to pray and be people that are people of prayer. His prayer life was so transformable and so life-changing that his disciples, one of the only things the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was prayer. They didn't say, they didn't say teach me how to cast out demons. They didn't say, teach me how, how, to, how to heal the sick. Teach me how to make... How to multiply fish and bread. They didn't, he didn't ask for those things because they understood that those things, those miraculous things only happened because of Jesus' time with the Father. 
See, a lot of us in this room, we are stuck in our walk with God. We're not growing spiritually anymore. It's because we have not valued prayer as we should. And if you would seek the Lord and spend time and carve out time for you to spend time with Jesus, I believe God, I know God would lead you to your next step. It's only through prayer that God reveals his revelation. It's only through prayer that God helps you take your next step, help grow you spiritually, but also it's only in prayer which, in which he really teaches you and, and informs you so you can be prepared for the next season of life. So in Luke chapter 11, this is, this is where the disciples asked Jesus. We're going to read this text, then we're going to go through it verse by verse. I'm going to kind of, kind of transition from preaching to teaching. We'll see how that works. But in, verse, in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, Well, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins, for we have also forgiven everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And verse 5 says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me, and I have no food for him. And suppose... The one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in the bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, who receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Man, I love that text, and I celebrate that text. But as we break it down, in the beginning of that, in verse 1, it really makes us understand when the disciples, they look at him, and they, Jesus went a certain place, and, he, and they says, teach us how to pray. It makes me realize that, look, prayer is not natural. Is prayer natural to you? When you first, when you became a, a, a newborn in Christ, when you, when you first came to know Jesus, was prayer natural to you? Did you know how to pray? None of us do. None of us really know how to pray. That's why we have to be taught how to pray. That's why we have to ask God to show us. We need to link our lives with other mature believers and say, teach me how to pray. That's the only way that I learned how to pray is I would get in the, in the room with men that I knew that heard from God, and I would hear how they communicated to God. And I would model the way I would pray after I, after I heard how they prayed. Church, we need to realize that, that, look, just because you came to know Jesus and you claim to be a follower of Christ, if you... Prayer is so important. It changes things. You need to learn how to pray. You need to seek God. I know for me, when I first started following the Lord, I had no idea how to hear from, from the Lord. I had no idea how to hear Jesus. I remember reading the Bible, and the Bible said that in John, when John says that my sheep 
know me. My sheep hear my voice, and they listen to me. And I didn't know how to hear the voice of God. And as I would pray, I didn't know how to hear the voice of God. Then I began to question my salvation. And then finally, I, I sat down with the guy, and I said, Look, help me hear God. How do I hear from the Lord? I sat down with this man, and, and he began to spend time with me in prayer. He began to teach me how to pray. He began to help me understand what the voice of God sounded like. And when I finally got a hold of that, let me tell you something. My whole walk with Jesus became to be transformed. Satan does not want you to pray because he does not want you to hear what God has to say to you. He doesn't want you to change direction. He doesn't want you to go in the direction God wants you to go in. He wants you to stay where you are, just showing up, going to church, and not growing. He, won't, he wants you to just stay paralyzed. But if you could ever and desire and have that grit and fortitude about you to say, I'm going to sit here until I hear from God, your life will forever be changed. Jesus was so powerful. And the disciple said, I want to see where that power comes from. Teach me how to pray. When you and I begin to have a hunger to pray and to really seek God, it, it, it scares the enemy to death because he doesn't, he doesn't care about us not being, us coming to church. He cares about us being unified. And when we pray, when we seek the Lord, it becomes to, we become to be unified. I love how Jesus continues to, to tell them, he's, look, when you pray, say this. He's not meaning to pray this prayer. He's not saying, pray this prayer and this is how you need to pray. He's saying, this is how your heart needs to be bent when you pray. This is the attitude that you should have when you pray. Pray like this is what he's saying. And so he said, when you and I pray, this is practical, church. This is practical. How should I pray? If you don't know how to pray, how should I pray? In the beginning of this, he says, Father, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. The first thing is we need to remind ourselves of who I'm praying to. I'm not, I'm not praying to my, to my boss or a coworker, or, my, or, or I'm not talking to my wife or my kids. I'm talking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm talking to the God who knew me in my mother's womb. I'm talking to the God who has prepared for me a life of purpose. I'm talking to the creator. Amen, church. we, we got to realize who we're talking to. Because when I realize that I'm talking to God, and then I realize that God hears me, and he wants to hear from me, it changes the way I pray. I'm coming to God as a friend, not as I'm scared to death. I'm coming to God knowing he hears with confidence, not like, Lord, I hope you hear me. God loves you. God, God wants to hear from you. God cares about the things in your heart. And so as we come to God, realizing who he is, it should bring a part of reverence. It should bring fear, but it should bring this, this and it should bring this confidence that we've never had before. When I remember when I first started praying and realizing that when God began to answer my prayers, man, it was like, I mean, I kind of got a little bowed out chest a little bit. It's like, man, God hears me. God hears me. I began to pray big prayers. I began to pray bold prayers because I knew that the, end, the endless power of God was hearing the prayers of a poor old South Georgia, South Georgia country boy. 
Man, that gave me power. It gave me a desire to pray big things. Realizing who, I'm, who you're praying to is the biggest thing in the world. The next thing is, is, he says, he says, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. As you pray, you need to fixate yourself. Look, this is your will, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done today. When you start your day out praying that, you go ahead and you just wipe the slate clean. You're saying, Lord, I, don't worry about what I want to happen today, Lord. I want your will today. How different would our days be, church, if we were so focused on the will of God that we didn't care about what happened to our own lives? Lord, I want God, use me today. God, put somebody in my path today. Lord, show me what I should do today. Lord, I want your will for my life today. God, I'm going to this job interview. God, I want your will to be done, not mine. Lord, I want you to put me where you want me to be. I want your will to be done. Fixating your mind on God's will, wanting God's will, desiring God's will, seeking God's will. That's where he, when you pray that, it's like, Lord, it's not what I want. Most of the times when we come to God, if we're going to be honest, it's almost like, hey, Lord, it's me, Jimmy. I want you to give me this. I want you to give me that. We come to God with our list of things that we want from God, and it's like, all right, Lord, Thank you, for, thank you for listening to me. I hope I get all the stuff I asked for. Amen. And we hang up. That's not what prayer is about. He's not a genie in a land that we can rub and, and, and expect to get what we want. We need to come before a holy God and say, Lord, I want your will to be done. I want to align my life. I want to submit my life today to what you want. And God, help me. Amen, church. Y'all with me today? Y'all tracking with me? It's desiring what he wants more than anything else. It's being thankful because on Calvary, Jesus came. Being thankful. I come to God and I ask, Lord, I want your will to be done because I'm thankful that his will was done on the cross for me. Amen? We need to be thankful for what he's done. Focusing on his will. Wanting it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Church, do you want heaven on earth? Do you want the joy here, like you have, would have in heaven. Amen, I do. God, give me the joy. God, give me the peace Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. We don't think we can have that. You can have that if you were seeking God and you're being in his presence. Some of the most joyful and the most hopeful and the most pleasant people I've ever been around are those who have the strongest prayer lives. Because they're not shaken by the things they see. They think they're, they're only 100% shaken by who they know. So he says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The next thing is, as we pray, we need to think about verse 3. He says, give us each day our daily bread. We're asking God for daily provision. Man, how, how would that change if we, if we would ask God for, for our provision today? Most of us are so forward thinkers and forward we're thinking about man on monday the only thing most of us are thinking about on monday is friday afternoon at five o'clock can i get an amen if you're thinking about that, that vacation you're thinking you're not thinking about how god can use you or what you're going to encounter tomorrow when we think about provision we're thinking about money and material things my god is the provider of everything and i'm i need to go to god and ask god God, provide for me the mental stability I need to go to work tomorrow. God, provide for me the, the, the emotional support. God, help me with my emotions as I go to this meeting tomorrow. 
God, give me the wisdom that I need to talk to this person tomorrow. Seeking the Lord. God, give me what I need tomorrow. God, give me what I need today. You know what you need. You know what you're going to encounter tomorrow at work. How different would tomorrow look if you were praying for it when you got up in the morning and you started praying, Lord, give me the courage I need to share the gospel with my coworkers today. Lord, give me the passion. Give me the love I should have to love my coworkers as you love me. How, how transformative would your life be if you were seeking God's provision for love and kindness? If you were seeking God's provision for God, Lord, don't let my don't let my life be ruled by emotions. Don't let me be ruled by what I feel. Let me be ruled by what I know that you said. God, speak to me. Asking God every day, God, give me what I need today. Verse 4, he says, that we, that says, Lord, forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Here we go, a pattern. We, come, we remind ourselves of who God is. We begin to ask God will to be done in our lives today. Then we begin to ask God, Lord, give me the provision. Give me what I need today as I encounter my day. And then the next thing is if we, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Anybody in this room mess up? Anybody mess up? I got, we, got some, we got some honesty in the house. Amen. We mess up daily, right? I think about Paul. Paul says, even the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. He wrestles. All of us in this room, as we mature in Christ, we wrestle. Billy Graham once said that the closer you get to Christ, the more visible your sin is. And I begin to see my sinfulness. I'm praying, God, God, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of this. Forgive me of this attitude. Forgive me of, of this way I've acted. God, forgive me of my heart. Forgive me of what I said. Forgive me of what I didn't say. As I'm seeking the Lord and asking for forgiveness, church, your forgiveness is for you to fix your relationship with God because sin is a trespass against God. And God can't hear you if you're walking in rebellion. Amen? Y'all with me? He can't hear you if you're walking in rebellion. So I'm constantly coming to God, and I'm realizing, God, forgive me of this. It isn't just acknowledging my sin. When I pray, Lord, forgive me my sin, I'm repenting of my sin, and I'm saying, Lord, don't let me go back to that again. God, don't let me be a liar again. God, don't let me be a lustful man again. God, don't let me be a hateful woman again. I'm asking God, don't let me go back. Forgive me of that, but help me change. You won't change unless you pray about it. Just trying to do good, trying to, trying to be, trying not to, oh, man, how many times do you try to do good at, by just not saying anything? Anybody? Huh? You know how long that lasts? Until your fuse is gone. <laughs> and then when, when, when everything blows up, everybody's like, what happened to so-and-so? Because you've been trying to fix you instead of you coming to God and saying, Lord, give me the grace I need. Help change me so that I don't act a fool. You know, when we come to God and we're asking him, Lord, forgive me of my sins as, we, as I have forgiven others of their sins against me. When I'm coming to God and asking God to forgive me of mine, let me tell you what it does in my heart. It helps me not hold your sins against you. It helps me not be self-righteous and make me think that I got it all together. How many times have you been in Christian circles and you've heard people say, man, I just wish so-and-so would get their junk together? Huh? Some of y'all might have even said that. 
When we say those things, we have forgotten that we got a bunch of junk that they don't know about. And that so-and-so could say the same thing about us. When I'm coming to God, I'm acknowledging my sin. Guess what it's doing? It's eroding self-righteousness and pride in my heart. And it's bringing me to a humble place. And now, when you've done something against me, I'm reminded of what I've done against the holy God. And now I can walk in, I can forgive you and not hold something against you. If we would come to God this way, let me tell you something, it will remove every bit of disunity in the church body. If we would stop just leashing out to just, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say right now. Retaliating against one another and come to God and ask God to help me, God change me, God help me love them, it would change, it would bring unity into the body, we would actually love one another. Coming to God and saying, Lord, your will be done. God, give me each day what I need. God, forgive me of my sins as I've forgiven others who sinned against me. Church, this is important. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest blocks in, 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 a, in a Christian's walk. When we choose not to forgive, we choose to hold on to the offense, it keeps us stuck where we are. You can't grow past where you are unwilling to forgive. And, when we, and, and Satan plants landmines everywhere. There's always opportunities for you and I to get offended and to be upset and to be angry. And I'm not going back to that church because so-and-so didn't even smile at me when I came in this morning. We get mad about petty things. Can I get an Amen. I can't even worship. I mean, never mind. I ain't going to go there. We're going to quit. But you know what I'm saying. We get so bent out of shape about things that don't matter. But if I would come to God and say, Lord God, check my heart. Am I right in that? God, remove this offense in my heart. Get me right with so-and-so. Even some of your closest friends you're going to have offenses with. If you're not seeking the Lord and asking God, Lord, help me. God, I forgive so-and-so. I forgive them of this. Their forgiveness isn't for them, it's for you. And as we go to God, and this model that Jesus is telling his disciples, asking for forgiveness of our sins, but also willingly forgiving others of their sins. See, sometimes we want to forgive people, but we want people to know that we forgave them. You know why? Because we want them to know what they did to us. Come on, y'all with me? We, they don't know they hurt your feelings, but you're going to call and be like, I just want to let you know that you hurt my feelings yesterday at church, but I forgive you. Did they need to know that? No, they didn't need to know that. That's your part of, of trying to make your point. And if we would stop trying to make our point, but we'd want to make God's point and be like, you know what, Lord? They don't even need to know. God, I forgive them anyway. I forgive them anyway. That's what God wants for our hearts. Just constantly coming to him. And then the next thing it says about, he says, and lead us not into temptation. Now, we know that God does not lead us in temptation, right? Satan leads us to temptation. But it's our responsibility to steer away from temptation. Most of us know what tempts us, but we run right into it anyway. And then we're like appalled that we, got, we fell into temptation. Like some of y'all know you weak, and you, you get around people that are talking about people. You know you're going to fall right on into the gossip. Oh, we ain't going to talk about that, oh. Some, some of y'all be walking by and y'all hear him talking about somebody, and it's just like, you're just drawn into it. And then you're like, how did I get in this? It's that sin that, that in your heart. 
You know what you're tempted. You know the things that tempt. Men that I've walked with, they have, a, they have a porn addiction. Like a guy was like, I don't know how I got here. I was like, I do. This phone right here. Did, 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 somebody, type, did somebody put type that website in for you and give it to you? Be like, no. So, so you did it. Yeah. Well, then how, why, why are you sitting in front of me going, oh, I don't know why I'm addicted to this? Would you willfully go to these things? If you know the sin that you're tangled in, the only one that can cut the cord is Jesus. But the only way that cord gets cut is for you to be aware of the temptation. You come into the Father and saying, God, take this away from me. God, remove this from me. God, I beg you. I'm tempted in this area. I'm, 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 I'm drawn away from you in this area. God, remove this from me in the name of Jesus. Being sincere, being real, being man, intentional about it. Everything that God has delivered me from it's not been just because God called me to be a preacher. Everything God removed from me is because I got on my knees before a holy God, and I cried out before God saying, Lord, I'm weak here. I can't handle this. I don't know how to free myself from this. God, you know this temptation. Father, please remove this from me. God, please take this away from me. And when I got down, I was serious, and I was begging God to remove these things. He heard my heart, and God moved. And God wants to move on your behalf. He wants to set you free from your sin. But you have to come to him with the real heart. I came to him every day. Sincere, intentional. God, remove this. God, take this away. And God did it. I'm not telling you that there's a recipe. I'm telling you what God has done every single time, church, that Jeremy Lindsay has got on his knees and cried out to the Lord continuously for something that I have been entangled in. God has set me free from every time. He would do that to you. He would do that exactly for you. But you have to honor God more than your sin. You have to want to be set free more than you want to be entangled in where you are. Coming to him daily, reminding, Lord, I'm tempted here. God, remove this from me. 1 Corinthians 10.3 says that there's no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way so that you can endure it or a way out. When we pray, church, we're reminded of our struggles. We're reminded of where we fall short, and, we're, and then we're reminded of the only one that can give us power to overcome them. When we pray, Jesus, our example, how to live, how to please God. I'm going to end with this. Is I want you to understand something. If you don't write anything down from this morning, nothing changes unless you pray. Nothing changes in the church unless we pray. The world around us will never change if you and I don't come before a holy God and beg for him to show mercy on lost people. Nothing changes unless you pray. Nothing happens in your life unless you pray. It's not about just coming up, going to church, doing a little dancing and praise, and going back home. It ain't about how many Bibles you own and did you have at your house. It's about your communication with God, that you hear from God and you do what God says to do. It's simple, but we complicate it. Satan shudders at the thought of people like you and me that love Jesus, that unify in prayer. A church that values prayer is a church that can change a community. 
I remember when I first got saved, I started, man, I mean, I mean you know, I, I had, that fire was, was 10 foot tall. I wanted everybody that I knew to know Jesus. I was sharing the gospel everywhere I went. I began to get, I began to get kind of discouraged because it's like, Lord, I done shared the gospel with every gas station. I, I, ain't, I don't even need gas, Lord, and I'm pulling in here asking people to know Jesus. I'm going to this store, and I'm, I'm witnessing all these convenience store clerks, and, and they probably had a picture of, like, don't let this man in. Lord, I'm trying to share, but no one is receiving the gospel. And remember God speaking to me, have you asked me where to go? And I, I was like, Lord, I'm trying to live my Christian life in my own power. God, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I began to write down names. Lord, show me. God, who should I pray for? I started writing down names, people in my family, people in my friends. I called it a hit list. I started praying for them. And I, and I said, Lord, you don't want, only you can change a man's heart. I began to pray for God to change their life. And over the last 12 years of me walking with Jesus, let me tell you something. That list, I get the pleasure to mark out names. Mark out names. Thanking God for him moving their life. Knowing that there's no way for their salvation not to come unless people were praying. How would our families be if we would be committed to praying? If we would stop complaining about our spouse and start praying for them. Oh, preacher, you done started meddling now. We stop fussing at our kids and begin to pray for them. My little boy, he's, he, some of y'all know what I'm, the struggle I've got, but I got a little boy, he's five, or fixing to be six, and that dude, well, he's, he's, when he wakes up, he's in six gear. And he's only got a five gear tra uh, transmission, you know what I'm saying? Like he is wide open. Good kid, just don't know how to channel his excitement a lot of times. And I was praying, I was praying for him. I was praying for him, and I had my hands on him. I was praying for my little boy, and I was saying, Lord, God, just help, yeah, help, him, help him hear me. God, help him hear me. Pray, God, that you would give him the courage to, to listen to Daddy and Mommy when he wants to do something different. Just praying against his disobedience that I saw in the moment. When I got done praying, he's looking at me with his eyes big as saucers. And he's got tears in his eyes. And he said, Daddy, I don't want to not listen to you and Mom. I just don't understand. Who are we talking about breaking a daddy's heart? But my little boy would never have known my heart if he hadn't heard me crying out to God. Church, I am convinced that if there is one thing that if you and I would do, it would change everything. It's prayer. If you would make prayer a priority in your life, it would change every aspect of your life. And if we as a body would value prayer, there's nothing that God will not do in this community. There's nothing that he can't do. We have to seek God. But what happens is the enemy has came in over years and said, you just need to do a bunch of stuff. And we do a lot of stuff, but yet we don't pray about what we're doing. And then when God doesn't bless our mess, we get mad at God. And then we have doubt and we have fear and we stop doing. 
And what Satan's continually trying to do is keep you and I from engaging the most powerful force on the planet so that we can do his will. We can live by his desires. And then what he continues to say in this, and I'm going to close in this here, I promise. Paul tells us, I'm reminded, he tells us to continue to pray without ceasing. And what he's saying is that not that you continue your praying continually. It's that your heart is desiring constant communion with God. I want to talk to you. I don't know about y'all. I don't know, what, I don't know where you live. I don't know what situation you are in. But let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm in constant prayer for my family. I'm in constant prayer for my church. I'm in constant prayer for my friends. What, what would change in our lives if we would stop ostracizing the people who've left the church and start praying for those who have left the church? What would, what, would, what would happen if we would stop judging people that are struggling with sin and we would come alongside them and say, I'm going to partner with you and pray that God would remove this from your heart? If we would just value prayer and, and, and desire to get in the trenches with people, I believe everything would change. But it's not a one and done thing. It's not, I'm just going to, I'm going to drop this prayer at your feet, Lord, God, and do with it. No, it's, it's continuing, it's enduring, it's persistently praying. And that's what Luke is saying. What he's writing down the words of Jesus in verses 5 through 10. He's saying, look, continue. I got a little brother who's impatient. And y'all got a friend that will call you 10 times back to back to back to back to back. Maybe I got the only psychopath in my family. I can be in a, I, can, I, mean, I mean, I remember in, in, in marriage counseling with a couple. And my little brother, he's done called me five times. I said, look, I, I don't know what's happening. I just, let me take this. He has to be on fire or something. I go answer my phone. I was like, hey, man, what's up? Hey, what you doing? He's like, bro, well, you called me five times. No, I just... I just knew if I kept calling you, you'd finally answer. That's the same thing that this text is saying. Keep calling on the Lord no matter if, he, if you're getting the results. Keep seeking the Lord no matter if you think he's answering. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Keep knocking because we serve a good God that answers the prayers of his people. Amen. Keep seeking the Lord. I found myself, the more I pray, the more I seek something, at the end, when God answers my prayer, my prayer was different than when I started. As you pray, it's aligning your heart to the will of God so that your prayer can accomplish the purposes of God. Your prayer is not about you. It's about Him all the time. And as we seek God, as we desire God, as we were passionate for God, we're seeking, we're asking, we're knocking, Lord, please move on behalf of so-and-so. God, please remove sin in my life. God, please work. If we're seeking the Lord, you will see God do things in your life. Your faith will increase, and you will begin to step out and take next steps. But you will not move if you do not pray. And I believe now is a time more than ever that the church needs to arise. We need to value prayer as much as we value a worship team. A worship team can bring you into an experience, but prayer can bring you into an encounter. And it's time for us as a church to stop just wanting to experience God and for us to ex 
engage in a life-changing encounter with the Holy Spirit. There's things that's happened to me in my prayer life to where when I walked in my prayer room, I left out a different man, and I've never been the same man. There's things God has taken from me in prayer that I will never take back on. There's people I've seen set free because I have been praying for that I got. That's, that's jewels, that's precious riches that Satan can never take from me. I would have never have grown into a man, a man of faith that I am if it hadn't have been for prayer. And I'd never have prayer if it wasn't for Jesus. Thank God for my Savior. Are you taking Jesus for granted? Are you taking what God has given you for granted? The one of the most precious gifts ever given. God wants to do great things. I'm convinced of that. And as a pastor, it's depressing. A lot of times when you're like, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting, and it's just you and your wife and maybe two more committed people. And like, What happened to the 200 people that were the church this morning? Oh, you know, they're late. they got other things to do. We, we've got to prioritize prayer and realize that if we want to see the body we're in change the community, we have to be committed. We got to link arms. We got to keep praying and seeking the Lord together. Strengthening one another, valuing one another. Verses 9 through 10, when he says, ask, seek, and knock, these are, these are actions. They're supposed to start and not stop. What have you stopped praying for that you need to pick back up this morning? Who have you given up on that you need to pick back up and say, Lord, forgive me for giving up hope on this person, and God, help me, Lord, keep praying for them. What thing have you been struggling with that you've quit praying for that you need to ask God this morning, God, I repent of my lack of faith. And, Lord, I'm going to pick that up and begin to continue to pray for you to set me free from this. What relationships in your life are struggling that, you, that would change if you would bring it before God? What would happen in your life if just you took prayer seriously. It's ours to the taking. We got to push. There's one acronym that I use all the time and that's push and that's pray until something happens. That's my motto, that's what I live by. I keep pushing, I keep pushing. If God puts something on my heart, if God puts you on my heart, I keep pushing, I keep praying, I keep seeking God. There's friends and family in my life. I've got a pastor friend of mine that was struggling through depression, and there was a bunch of stuff going on, and I said, look, brother, I'm going to commit to praying for you every day. And I'm going to keep praying. And I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept praying, and nothing. And it seemed like it got worse, but I kept praying. I kept praying, I kept going I kept praying as if it was me in that situation. And after a long time of labor and prayer, remember, I will never forget that text message I got from him when he's like, man, I woke up this morning and I could see. I woke up this morning and, and, and it's lifted. I woke up this morning and I don't feel like I want to kill myself. I woke up this morning and I feel joy. Man, let me tell you something. If you'd have been in my living room, you'd have thought I was Pentecostal because I was dancing and I was shouting and I was praising God because he heard my prayers. Church, what would happen if we would get radical and just pray? 
So this morning is your opportunity. And maybe you started out right. Maybe you had the right intentions. Maybe you had the right desire. I'm going to share this with one story. But me and my little boy was at the beach this last week. He was playing. He was swimming. And we were having a big time. I was about waist deep in the water. And every time I, I tell him, I said, son, come close. Come close. And he got so caught up in the waves and, and having fun to where he wasn't paying attention to his daddy. And every wave that came in, it pushed him further away from me. Until he got to a point to where he could see me, but he could no longer hear me. And I'd say, son, come over here. And he'd say, what, daddy? I'd say, come over here. I've never moved. But he continually got pushed away. The father never moved, and maybe you're just like my son this morning, to where you've been so distracted by life, to where you've let things push you away. You might have been someone who was a prayer and person who was full of faith, but life and circumstances have pushed you away. And you still see God working, but you hadn't heard him in a long time. Maybe this morning is the time in which you come before a holy God and say, God, heal my ears. Maybe this morning is which you say, God, throw me a lifeline so I can pull myself back to you. Maybe today is you never really heard God's voice and you need to come before the Father and say, God, help me hear you. Maybe you need to ask God this morning, God, give me a heart to pray. Maybe you need to come before God this morning. Maybe you need to come at this altar and, say, and cry out to God and ask God, Lord, forgive me for giving up on so-and-so. God, give me a heart to continue to pray. Nothing changes, church, unless we pray. Nothing happens unless we pray. And if I could beg you, please pray. Please seek the Lord. Because that's where your transformation will take place. I'm confident the word's been preached, and it's your opportunity to respond. I'm going to pray for us, and whatever God's doing in your heart, I challenge you to come forward. If you need special prayer, there's people up front that will pray with you. Brandon's down here. He will pray with you. I'll pray with you, whatever. But let's not let this morning slip by without us doing business with God. Father God, we come to you right now. We come before you boldly. And God, we pray, Lord, to the Lord of the harvest. God, we pray, Lord, you would work in our hearts and our lives. God, I thank you for being a God who hears me. I thank you for being a God that loves us. And Lord, I pray for those who have been swept away by life. I pray, God, that you would call them back. God, this morning, help us, Lord, have a desire to pray. Have a desire to hear your voice. Have a desire to be people who walk in community with you, Lord. Constant communion with you, Lord. God, hear our prayers. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.